Today is August 6th. It's 1.22 in the morning, and we are in a full state of misery after getting swept four games in a row by the Boston Red Sox. We had blowouts. We had one hitters. We had two hitters, maybe. We had uh, demoralizing defeats in the ninth. Let's talk Yanks. We're all so excited. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. No song. Remember, we don't use the song on miserable episodes, Jake. It gets cut right away. You forgot about that, didn't you? Yeah. Well, thanks. It's been a while. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, If this is your first time listening, I assume you're a Red Sox fan, so I appreciate you you joining. Uh, My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. What? Are you just sad? I'm sad? No, if this is your first time listening. Could just be sad. Could just be sad. Yeah, I want to commiserate. Place to go. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and Jake is my co-host. He's in he's in Boston right now. He's making his East Coast trip. He was with me in New Jersey last episode. Now he's in Boston. Um, this is like one of those episodes where I, I really wish we didn't have to do it, but we have a commitment. We have listeners who enjoy listening to us. We have a lot of people out there, Jake, that need to be miserable with someone so we are going to give you a shoulder but you got to give one right back because that was fucking brutal what happened chapman came in yanks won the game they salvaged the series right yeah end on a high end on a high note get out of there nice little shane robinson walk come from behind get the runs in the end Take advantage of the errors, take the lead. Bullpen locks it down after Tanaka. D Rob good. Britain good. Batansis good. Chapman fantastic. Nice, easy 4 0 win. So let, let me preface a couple things. If there is your first, this is your first time listening, there's going to be some things that are a little different this episode. And you m- maybe check out another one <laughs> if you see what we're really about. But. Uh. You're you're gonna get some real stuff here. I'm uh, I'm a little scared to ask you this question, but like, how was your weekend? Because you you live Yankees. I had some other ancillary things going on, but you live Yankees. Yeah. Um. So I reached like a like like okay. So here's where I'm coming from. Yank. I live Yankees, so I'm pretty pretty beat up, right? Uh, this last night. I hit my I need to change my life uh, phase because I've been down the shore with family eating like meals my mom cooks or like going out to eat all the time and you eat shitty, you feel shitty. So I got sick of like ice cream because we're down the shore, got to get ice cream. Like I was just like I the last two days, um, Friday and Saturday, I just like napped all day, was in a fog, did the Yankees game. And then those were miserable. And then I just napped. I was in a fog and I was like, okay. So I woke up this morning, went grocery shopping. This is what I'm eating for the week. Smoothies, salads, a nice home-cooked meal. Only snacks I'm allowing myself are uh, almonds, um, hummus with celery or carrots and uh, peanut butter. But the other way around, celery, peanut butter, whatever. So I changed my life this morning, Jake, right? And I was feeling good. I worked on a bunch of things for Talking Yanks, new website, new newsletter. We'll get to that later. But it, the, 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 the spirit of this all is we cleaned the entire house, Katie and I. I was feeling 
So good. We jumped in the ocean for a bit, came back down. Uh, Big Baby David, my sheriff on Periscope, he it was in uh, Seaside, so he came over, watched the game with me, went live on Periscope. Tanaka's dealing. Like, great. I changed my whole life. I'm healthy now. I'm going to do like a week-long bender of well, – what's not a bender. It's called a uh, cleanse type thing. I'm, I'm, spirits were high today after a really shitty weekend, and now I want to go eat all the ice cream in the fridge. I won't stop you, Jim. And I think normally I would after you'd said all those nice things about what you're doing for yourself, which is nice. It's nice. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty disciplined, uh, so I'm not going to do the ice cream. I'm going to eat healthy for the next week. But this this series, man, I mean, I have, a, I have so many thoughts, Jake, and I have so many thoughts in my own brain that are conflicting. Like, I, I, like I, I want... Yeah my weekend was how's your how's your weekend you did a badger party you're in boston you've been traveling like crazy connecticut to rhode island to boston a little rude sorry um, no and it's fine and i think everything you said about yourself was pretty nice and i'm just glad i got to hear it <laughs> all right how's your how was, how was the party played a lot of sports yeah when we last left off i was with you in new jersey i went back i saw my mother in connecticut um and then went to the bachelor party in Newport, Rhode Island. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, not a Las Vegas, Miami, South Beach crew, but Newport, Rhode Island. We, we played basketball. It was like intense. My body can't really do that anymore. I got a bruise on my hip, so that's going to be there for when, about five. When Jake bruises, they last forever. He once got bruised in freshman year of volleyball, intramural volleyball in college, and the bruise was there when we graduated four years later. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Newport's an interesting town. I think, I think they're missing a demographic. Like they have a total like party scene, like twenty-one to twenty-five, like go nuts. And then they have like an older like get a good dinner, glass of scotch that scene. But they're kind of missing the like twenty-eight to thirty-eight. But it's a good town. I like Newport. Um, go to Newport Folk Festival a couple times. Um, yeah. All right, I think we got to talk. A lot of good people, and then I ended up in Boston today to see a lot of friends, and I was the white knight. I came into town. I debunked everything. Like you said, a lot of Yankees fans cleared everything today. And it was like, you know what? It's Sunday. Tanaka's on the hill. If we lose today, then we just got smashed this whole series. It's fine. If we win, then let's just get that momentum going. And then the Yankee fans were like, hey, I think we actually are going to win, and maybe we will get momentum going. And then just in Anvil, cartoons, Anvil dropped on us on top of the building. And it hurts, Jim. God damn it, man. All right, all right, let's burn game one, all right? Okay. Because everyone's excited for this. Jakey Burns, if you don't know what Jake Burns is, it's when he burns through the games real quick to give an update to everyone what happened in case you didn't miss it. All right. Game one, Thursday night, Yankees in, in, in Boston. On your mark, get set, burn. Can't do it, Jim. No burn? Can't do it. I don't want you to do it. I don't want, I don't want no burns this, this episode. Zero. I, you know, does my heart want to? Yeah. I really don't want you to. But know what it is? The whole thing is a conversation. This whole thing is abstract. There's a start, a middle, 
a beginning and end, but I don't know what any of it is. And I think we just have to talk through it. All right, let's start with Boone. It's the fa- it's that's the that's the big talks. And and I opened up after game one when CC got pulled early and then Holder absolutely imploded. I thought he should have got Holder out of there much sooner. We still have I the- mean, do we want to go like kind of game by game timeline? No, I think we need to talk big picture. Okay. And then if we jump into little things, we can. Here, here's where I stand on Aaron Boone, the manager of the New York Yankees right now, Jake. And uh, I think the door of doubt has creaked open. Now, I say that on my recaps, everyone's like, I agree, he's terrible. That's not what I said. I've never said he was great. I've never said he was terrible. I think he was doing – it's too early to judge – I think, and I even said this to you when we were playing Baltimore, that this was starting to creep in my head then. The lackadaisical, uh, laissez, not lax, laissez-faire, no worries, no problems, that, that, I'm starting to hone in on that and think, is, is that actually a problem? Because you add that, laid backness with the young guys we have. I mean, come on. Like the 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 fundamental mistakes we're making, you say, "Yeah, you got a lot of young guys. That happens." That's very true, but the manager's sole job is to combat that and the coaches. It's everyone. So, uh, I'm not saying I think Boone's horrible, garbage, get rid of Boone. I like I'm not that extreme, obviously, because I think you're you're crazy and you just want to be extreme if you are at that extreme. But I, I don't think you can sit here and say that there isn't doubt creeping in after this weekend. Like I, I, I if, if you do, I think you're kind of lying to yourself and just like, I'm the biggest lie to yourself, be positive guy. And, and I can't do it. Well, I think a lot of people would even be, well, if they know us, they wouldn't be surprised by it. But I think the consensus, I think more people out there are fire boon, the world's over. Yeah, that, but people love being on drastic sides of things. Right, exactly. Um, and I, I guess here's, cause, cause you're right. You, we are gonna end up stepping on our own tones this episode, cause, and there's a couple people you can point at in this one play, but if Miguel Andahar makes the throw from third to first, this is a happy podcast. Yeah, that, yeah, we're a little chipper. Things are on the up and up. We're moving on. And that's that's where it's tough. Like, we, But also if Chapman doesn't walk three guys. We, we'd be accenting a couple of Boone's moves, but we'd say the Red Sox were the better team this series, which they were. Well, by a landslide. They're a good fucking team. Like if, if, if you're – if any Red Sox fans are on here like, I want to hear what they say, you can leave right now. I'll let you know. You guys are a really good team going through an unreal stretch right now. So, boom. I'm not going to shit talk because shit talking is the most unoriginal, boring thing one can do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's where you go into it. Yeah. I think he left Holder in there for too, too many batters in the first game. I think a lot of people can tell that. Because it's four to it's four to nothing. Holder comes in, he gets rocked from the jump. Once it gets to four to two, and you guys and you got people on, get someone up, throw some pickoffs, bring in Britain or D Rob. I know it's only the fourth inning, but get out of that jam 
then you're still up four to two. Move on from there. Well, leaving Holder in to give up seven runs is crazy, dude. Yeah, and he's he was he was completely shook after the the Jackie Bradley base running play, the ground out to the pitcher. It was, I mean, it was clear as day that it was like you you came in a game that wasn't a moment, and now it is a moment, and now it's all eyes on you, buddy. And yeah. So if you didn't watch, um, congratulations, um, that's great <laughs> for you. But Holder had a comebacker right to him and. Jackie Bradley ran off third. You're supposed to run at the runner, run him back to the base, then throw to the base so you can get him out. He just threw to Andujar right away, who then threw home to Romine, and JBJ scored. Now, Andujar does have a really – takes a really long time to throw the ball. But Boone – Put a percentage on it. If, if you had – so say it's all on Holder and Andujar. What percentage Holder, what percentage Andujar for that play? 97-3. You're 97% holder? I mean, if he, if he does what every 12-year-old's taught to do. Jackie kind of got him, dude. Jackie did a big dive back to third. And that's I, – I talked about it, and it's – because, yes, it is more holder. I'm 60-40 holder. Because even if Jackie Bradley goes full dive back to third and he gets back, you still get the out at first and you go to the next batter. But – it, it was the moment a little bit. He made he fielded the play. It kind of caught him up up by his hip a little bit. He turned to third. He saw Jackie Bradley going back, and he said, like, I want to get this lead runner out. And Jackie Bradley got him. And Andujar, it, it, again, this is if the throw was there, then it's not even a discussion right now. Right? So to say it's only 3% Andujar. But, like, the, like the Andujar – Andujar throwing the ball only comes into play after Holder does that. But if Andujar makes the throw, the guy's out. Yeah, but still, it should have never even had to come to that. I can drop it down, but I mean, but here's the thing: Did you Andujar throw there? You're not saying Jonathan Holder did anything wrong. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. No, because it'd be a close play, dude. Any you have to run at the frozen runner. You have to run him back. Frozen. He was right away. I mean, yeah, JBJ did a good job shaking and diving, but still, that's an easy out, man. It's I'm I'm sixty forty. What did you hear? What Boone did? Yeah, he completely exonerated Holder. Said he made a nice play, and there was all on Andujar for throwing it slow. Third baseman and one, yeah, and one of the uh, reporters said, "Isn't isn't Holder supposed to run him back to third, and then throw it to Andujar and?" Boone said, oh, yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the perfect play. No, Boone, that's the, the play. Everyone is taught that. that. Like, if you're Boone, why split blame between two players? Why not just answer that question and say, we had a rough night. There's a lot of things a lot of people can fix. Because I think it is. I think the blame is 60-40. But, but, but he made it 0-100. Well, because I think he, he thought everyone was coming at Holder. So he was like, hey, Andujar's in on this too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, I, so two things I love is creative base running and playing third base. And so there's a slight bobble when Holder fields it. He turns. Jackie Bradley is, has, looks like full motion back to third. And he twirls it, which, again, not the perfect move. And that's why I'm giving him the 60. But if Andujar makes the throw, it's, 
it's not even anything in this series, which is incredible. But what I'm more upset about this game is the lack of holding runners on. Like, how is that? Not, that's coaching, man. Boone, Boone, Larry, everyone has to say, yo, they are going to run on Romine. He doesn't have that great of an arm. You need to help him out. You need to keep these runners on. No one was keeping anyone on. Yeah. Like, like Romine's got a bad arm, but don't completely hang him out to dry. And that that's coaching. Yeah, and Romine's pegged some guys this year. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oka, I've I've been thrown under the bus because he's a, a he he's not a major league defensive catcher. Um, yeah, it's tough, and you're you're right. The coaching staff has to be more in tune there. I mean, it's it is a little bit the pitchers too. I mean, we're talking about I, <laughs> you and me start laughing when we say baseball IQ. But, I mean, after you see the Red Sox taking bases at will the first two, three times, <laughs> I mean, you think it's not being discussed at all or the players don't know, you know? They're just really bad Red fundamentals. They were abusing us. In game two, Glaber doesn't knock down that ball in the grass, which literally leads to a run scoring, um, like knock it down, which led to me tweeting Glaber's hard to watch right now, which led to Glaber's dad DMing me and telling me I'm not allowed to comment on his son Glaber. I was like, Jesus. I love Glaber. Like I really like Glaber. He had a tough weekend, dude. He was tough to watch. You know what? There's little things. He he lined out in this and today on Sunday, he lined out. Um and he walked from first base to the dugout across home plate about as slow as one human being can walk, about as slow as the basketball players and football players on your college campus after they come out of a workout and are walking to class and you just can't get around them because they're sore and walking so slow. Glaber walked that slow from first to the dugout after he lined out. And it's like that kind of just, it's really small, it's little, but if you watch his body language, that kind of summed up Glaber's body language's whole thing. Paul O'Neill said something interesting. He said the Glaber had two bad plays at the end of that Baltimore game where he didn't hustle to cover the base, and it's the first time he's coming off the DL. He came back, thought he would be the man again, and now, no, he did hit two home runs, but no one cared about the home runs. First time people were kind of getting at Glaber, and this was how he responded, and he was kind of like embarrassed or in a funk or like couldn't get over it. But, dude, he was he was hard to watch this series, and he's yeah. usually – very easy to watch. No, no hits in the series, which again, that's that's if you do the other stuff, you end up there and you're like, well, baseball is baseball. People have hitless series, but yeah, his body language bad. And know what it is? He's 21 years old and he's showing it. Yeah, he is such a guilty dog face. You and I both said that in Baltimore. Like, oh yeah, when he makes a mistake, his face just drops and looks at you like, like. Well, I just did it, but it's a podcast. He knows that there's a lot of cameras on him and a lot of people looking at him. Yeah. He shows it. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, game two. I mean, that's tough, tough getting the game straight in my head. All right. Well, Severino was game two. Yeah. Rough first inning. Pierce is like on fire. Um, yeah. Severino did get better towards the end of the game. Like he, he definitely looked sharper as he went. He gave him 115 pitches, took it to the sixth inning, which was good considering it looked like he was going to have a short outing and they could not afford that. 
So I think this was a step in the right direction for Seve. Now, don't confuse that with a good start. Obviously, it wasn't a good start. He only had, like, a couple swing and misses and, like, a couple strikeouts. I think, I think I think he's tipping his pitches. It's just the numbers, just like his, his velocity's there, the movement's there. Slider's a little bit less, but his slider was decent. Um but but that was a it was it was a better start than the last four. It's not good, but it's a small step in the right direction for Seve. He ended strong, which is nice. Um, just no offense. Almost got got one hit with an Anduar home run. We got one hit, and this is another. People want to be mad at Aaron Boone, and there's totally some things you should be mad about with Aaron Boone, and the, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And that's. Fine. But the Yankees got one hit. And I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, who, you know, yell and scream from the mountaintops about whatever you want, but what, like, that's not Aaron Boone. That's a team getting one hit. Yeah. And, and do you want to talk about all the, the fucking, the lame, um, bad blood from that game? It was, dude, it was so lame. Everything about everything about that was so lame. So Gardner gets hit with an 0-2 high and inside. Purcello's not trying to hit Gardner to lead off the game 0-2 high inside. Gardner knows that. Everyone knows that. But you know what? You hit him. And we're sick of getting pitched inside. Every team pitches us way too far inside. We get hit on accident all the time, and we don't fucking like it. So Seve comes out first pitch. He knocks Mookie down. Was he trying to hit him? Was he trying to just brush him back? You and I don't know. Only a few people know that. Um, I'm fine if you tell me either way. I, yeah. I don't really – I'm not going to hard argue it, but – after the game, I think Sevy's comment after he said, uh, if I'm going to hit someone, I'm not going to miss. And it's like, dude, you might have just missed. Also, you're on like a five stretch of bad outings and you just lost. So don't try and drop Texas Walker one-liners in your post game. It just doesn't. Wait, say that again. You broke up. There weren't tough guys. A lot of tough guys came out that weren't tough guys. Yeah, like what did you think about that quote? Because someone told me like – some people think that would be insulting Severino. Like, I'm not saying he's tough. No, that's like, that's a bad bar fight line. Like, no, bro, if I want to hit you, I'm going to hit you. It's yeah. like, okay. Like, I appreciate you. Hey, if, if you're if, if Sevy shut him up the rest of the game. We're Yankees podcast. We we both think Cora's quotes were lame, whatever dude, those were. Dude, Cora was, it was so lame. Cora, listen, Cora is a punk bitch, but... His team loves him for it, so I don't know how much I can knock it because they sure do rally around him. Every time Cora's talking to an umpire, he's screaming for, like, no reason. Like, he was making the the change of, like, pinch runners or whatever, and he was, like, coming at it hot. And, dude, I don't totally buy into, like, you need Boone to be a hothead, but I, I do know that the Red Sox respond to Cora's antics, which are, like, petty as fuck, but... If they work, they work. But him having a, a queued up line, they asked him. They asked him, "Do you think Severino? Do you think there's going to be retaliation for what Severino did in the next game?" And he said, "I don't know. Four runs in less than six innings is that a quality start?" And then instantly stood up and walked off like he dropped the mic, and everyone's like, "Dude, that was lame. I love when the rivalry gets good. That was all so lame. Just like everything was lame." Shane Robinson thinking that he's getting thrown at while hilarious. Super lame. Speaking of tough guys, Shane Robinson. We'll get to him. So that I didn't like the bad blood stuff because yeah, it's like, not bad blood. It's just corny-ass quotes. Because, again, we, we skipped the burns, which is a, a big thing I originally pushed on them, which 
is something that we can easily lose touch of on Twitter and stuff is that some people listen to this that don't watch every game and see all that. So, I mean, game one, Yankees get the big lead. They just get absolutely mauled from there on in. The Red Sox go nut job on us. What was, what was the final score? 15, 15 to 7. And not not making the Yankees 7 a cop-out, but, like, they left Anderson in for another inning because they had a big lead. Like, it <laughs> – in the nicest way, it wasn't a threatening 7. No. So the Yankees get punched in the mouth real big. This is supposed to be a big series. We come to game two. Severino, our ace, who's in a slump. We're like, we need something from him. He gets punched in the mouth in the first, but he fights back. He's kind of giving the Yankees a chance. But they get one hit by Purcello, who, hey, he he looked great. They hit so many hard balls, like, right out of center fielder. But what are you going to do? Yeah. And, I mean, and that's what it is. And, and by the end, it was almost, you know, confidence is a silly thing in sports. By the end, I mean, the dude had no fear. He was no. – he was he was Ricky Bobby in the race car with the tiger. <laughs> uh, he was just throwing anything up there, and he didn't care. Eighty six pitches, eighty six pitches. And he, every time we got a man on base, it was a. Uh, did we get anyone on base? No, we only got no. We didn't get with our I mean, one hit and a hit by pitch. Yeah, and I think the hit by pitch was instant double play. the The third game we got people on base, and it was instant double play, first pitch double play both times. Um, third game. Oh. Yeah, let's. I'll, I'll I'll keep painting the picture a little bit. So we lose the first two, and it it is what it is. And now, if you're a Yankees fan, you're set up for doomsday because we had to use Sessa in Game One, who was supposed to pitch Game Three. Not like <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me let me explain this. How we landed on Chance Adams. Chance Adams made his MLB debut, had his dream come true, and here's why. It's bizarre. Here's why. One. Um, J.A. Happ gets hand, foot, and mouth disease, so he can't make his start. The next in line would usually be Lance Lynn for a spot start because we just traded for him. But he can't do it because Sonny Gray was so bad that Lance Lynn had to pitch in the Baltimore series a lot of innings, and now he's in the rotation. Okay, so who do we have next? Let's get Luis Sessa up from AAA. He can make the spot start. That'll be grand. Everyone's fantastically happy. Now CeCe can't go more than three innings. Holder gets absolutely obliterated, and we have six innings left to go. So who do you go to? You go to your long slot men in the bullpen, Shreve and Warren. Oh, wait, we traded those two guys. We can't burn all of our dominant arms, D-Rob, Chad, Batansis, Britton, Chapman, in a 10-run game and burn every single arm just to patch together innings. We got to use Luis Sessa. He's the only one we got down there. Okay, so who makes the start now? Let's get our top prospect in AAA, Sheffield. Oh, wait, no, he pitched on Thursday in AAA because we couldn't have foreseen this happening. Maybe you might have, should have, could have. So instead, Chance Adams, welcome to the bigs, babe. Congratulations. And you know what? Chance did considering all the circumstances, did pretty good. Might be the nicest stuff we say during this podcast because, again, Yankees, doomsday had already come. It was, we've lost the first two. Game three, we have Chance Adams, a a formerly prized prospect for us who had fallen off a good bit. He'd he'd shown some more life recently. And, hey, man, I – I think this is a funny thing because, you you know, you get all the scouting reports on Twitter and this, that, and the other. I haven't dropped one of those in a while. 
Chance Adams' stuff looked better than I thought. I'm more liked, I don't know about his stuff. I liked his makeup. Is that the baseball term for it? Grab and go pitcher. Burley esque. Chris Sale esque. Whoever you want to, whoever. Sebi's kind of grab and go sometimes. Um, Bartolo. Like he just was getting the ball, throwing the ball. I thought he, like, this is a weird thing. I thought he threw a little, like, his arm motion was kind of odd, like how A.J. Coles is. I, I actually got excited about that because I think baseball nowadays is so much about scouting reports. And when I saw he had just like a little quirky thing in his motion, I was like, that's good. We can use that today because yeah. it's your first start in front of these guys. Yeah. That's- it kind of hides the ball like with a short arm. Like he kind of like short arm pushes the ball. But he attacked the zone. I mean, he gave up a home run to the guy who hits the most home runs in the leagues. And then he gave up another one on a ball. Uh Moreland in the first. Moreland in the first. Uh, five innings, 83 pitches, three earned runs. The best offense in baseball on like that, on an absolute heater. Uh, he got he, he got told he was going to pitch 12 hours before. So, I mean, that was pretty good. I mean, I'm happy for Chance. I Some people were giving me junk on Twitter because I was like, honestly, look, look at the whole body of work of Chance Adams and look at the situation we're throwing him into. If we can get like four innings, two runs or so. Oh, I didn't have high expectations. Five innings pitched three and runs was high expectations for me. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. That's what that's what I'm getting to. And people were like, "Give him a chance. You're throwing him under the bus before it happens." And it's like, no, I'm rooting for Chance Adams. It's just a hard task. It's incredible. But look at everything out there of where he's at and what he's coming up against. And, hey, man, he I, I've been saying Yeoman's work a lot. Where have I been saying that? I haven't but, heard you say that. Uh, hey, again, if, if you told Cashman, Boone, everyone in the Yankees team and organization that Chance Adams would give you five and three runs that day, everyone would have said, yes, sir, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, and he did that. And the offense went anemic again. Did you see his dad in the stands? Yeah. Didn't look like a guy that would name his son Chance. Sorry. Chance, also. Silly name. Terrible hair. What's that about? A lot of bad puns. I'm into the hair. It's Oompa Loompa hair, man. It's like the Brock Holt hair from earlier in the season that I made fun of. I was going, um... You know what's... You know what's... The hair looks really good in a backwards hat. It kind of came up in a demonic way in the back. (laughs) I I was picturing uh, Harry from Dumb and Dumber, so that's why I like it. I think Chance Adams uh, is really religious. He talks to to himself on the mound nonstop. I was trying to figure out what he was saying, and it seemed like he was talking to God, um, Mm. which I I tweeted out, like, uh, Chance Adams talks to himself on the mound, and I like that. Someone asked why, and I was like, I don't really know. But I think I figured out why I like it. Go on. I think I like it because it's an outward sign that this dude's focused. Oh yeah. He's not he's not picking daisies in his brain or thinking about, you know, food or lunch. Like if he's talking to himself, that means he is thinking and talking and wonder and focusing on the task at hand. So like a lot of guys don't need to talk to themselves to be focused, but that's like an outward way that I get to see people talking to themselves is embarrassing for a lot of people. It's like, Oh, look at that crazy person. They're talking to themselves or, Oh, that guy, 
Yeah, I've seen that guy talking to him. Like my old coworker Karen, who sat behind me with her back to me and just talked to her Gmail every day. Like, oh, seven emails. Well, what is this one? No, 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 no. Oh, wrong button. It's, no, never, no. it's never been a super cool thing to talk to yourself. Um, and hey, you're on the mound at Fenway. <laughs> Everyone's gonna see it. So uh, yeah, some people just gotta talk their way through it. All right. Um, you know what? There's another. There's another positive that came out of Game 3. Do you want me to lay that on the people? Sure, man. Chad Green threw 13 pitches, two strikeouts, and a ground ball. Two good hitters. It was uh, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, Benintendi, and then J.D. Martinez. Now, why is this a good thing? Out of those 13 pitches, four of them were his changeup, which – the Yankees made him completely scrap last year when they ch- took him out of a starter, made him a reliever, and said, just go fastball slider. We all know the slider has got knocked around, then he lost confidence in it, stopped throwing it. People were just sitting fastball, and we're like, he needs to throw another pitch. He threw four changeups. He threw two to Mookie to start the inning. Uh, no, he threw one to Mookie, two to Betts, and then one to JD. He threw them with two strikes. Mookie, Benintendi, then JD. He threw them with two strikes. It looked really, really good. This is the best Chad's looked in a while. He struck out JD on a third third pitch changeup. So um, there's a positive. Chad nice. brought another off-speed pitch back, which should up his repertoire, and he looked really good doing it. This is a little MJ special sauce angle, but uh, his his fastball looked a little better, and I wonder if that's – change of confidence or compared to him throwing the change up. But he threw a couple fastballs that were like popped. Mookie Betts is one of the best players in the league. And yeah, he looked like he couldn't handle the fastball and it looked like he knew it was a fastball, which was the Chad green that everyone came to love last year. Yeah. So sure. I know. Um, they did put together a ninth inning rally, but who gives a shit in that third game? It didn't amount to anything. Let's go to the the fourth oh. game. What? Do you have anything else before we go to the Sunday's game? You 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 were were you were your fingers crossed for a special moment, or did you think it was happening? No, I was on Periscope, and I was like, "There's only one out left." I mean, something could happen, but I am not anticipating it. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I think it again, and probably why this was even a little more hurtful. I think it it let it let it leak into your head that like, got it. If uh, was was Glaber the last out? No, Bird was Glaber. Glaber had a really good at bat. I thought yeah. he was going to swing over a lot of those breaking balls away, and he actually took them for balls and worked the walks. Probably the the only good at bat Glaber really had. He had a sack fly uh, on Sunday, but. And we'll talk more about how, you know, devastating tonight was, but I have, I have it. There was a sliver there where if, if, if bird got it off Kimbrel, that the Red Sox had dominated us for three games and somehow the series was two, one. And again, right out the window. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about Tanaka and game four. One of Boone deci- Boone's decisions, and uh, which brings us into a bigger Boone conversation. So, Tanaka has one of the weirder lines in game in game four. 
four and two thirds, one earned run, nine Ks, six hits, one walk. It's like a confusing line. It didn't. I, I think he definitely could have gone five innings, but Boone decided to treat the pitching like this was a playoff game and and go straight to the relievers once there was a little bit of trouble. So four and two-thirds, he brings in D-Rob to get the last out. Now, I don't know if I'm for or against that move. I, it was a, I, Lady Martinez was up as well. That should be said. The pitch count was up? Oh, well – Painting the picture, Tanaka was at 97 pitches. J.D. Martinez was the batter coming to the plate. Yeah, who Tanaka had made look silly, but yes, Tanaka's... I, I, Tanaka. Oh, oh, that's a great point. I mean, J.D. Martinez is incredible, but Tanaka made him look silly in his two at-bats. Yeah, so here, here's my issue with Boone making this move. It's clearly like Boone is managing the pitchers as if this is a must-win playoff game, right? So then why the fuck is Luke Voigt and Shane Robinson in the starting lineups. If you're going to manage the Tanaka in the bullpen that way, why is the lineup that way? And that's exactly what uh, David, who was, I was watching with, said to me. And I'm like, that's great. That's like a fantastic point. So do we want to do the whole loop thing right now? I, I have a lot on that. I want to do lineups in general. I don't think Boone's making the lineups 100% him. I think there's an analytic team that gives him data, and Cashman says you have to listen to these guys and all of that. So I'm not going to say Boone. I'm going to say they because I don't know who it is. It's, it's definitely not 100% Boone. These lineups are fucking stupid. Yeah. To put it lightly. I, um... Oh. Let's cover Shane Robinson because that'll that'll get me that'll get me lubed up for Luke Voigt. Shane Robinson, I here's uh, you know how I, I try to search for the logic, like why why what are they thinking? Here's here is what I think they're thinking, and I don't agree with this, but I think this is what they're thinking. I think they are so rest obsessed that they see that they have Shane Robinson, who's going to get DFA'd in a little bit. As soon as Judge gets back, Shane's going to go because he's not – he's going to go, right? When so, no, Clint has a good – Clint Frazier has a good day in front of a doctor. Yeah, Shane's going to go. So, so Shane's fully expendable. So they are thinking, let's wring out the last drips of Shane that we can get before we get him out of here. And allow us to save Giancarlo. Giancarlo. We'll save his legs. He doesn't have to play right field four games in a row because we have Shane. But here's the problem with that. These are important games, and Shane Robinson is a career minor leaguer. Quadruple A player, whatever you want to say it. So it's just like really low reward, high risk situation. Just play Stan in right field and DH Walker or Andujar. Yeah, I um, because you you tweeted about it. What what was the other game that Robinson was in right field? The, the third chance. the third game, the chance chance Adams game. And so I actually I saw some of the logic there because what I was trying to say was this is chance Adams game. Right field at Fenway is huge, and and you had a great counterpoint. Which I, I, I know where your head is at, but I, I still stand where I stand. Where I was like, 
Right field at Fenway is almost left field at Yankee Stadium. It's huge. It's almost another center field. That's why they wanted Robinson out there. And if you're going to give Chance Adams the best chance to be successful, like you can't throw a Neil Walker out there or something, but you were, <laughs> you counter and you're like, well, Giancarlo Stanton is our best right fielder. And you're right. And I think at 29 of the other stadiums, it stands. I think at Fenway Park, Shane Robinson gives you more coverage, the bigger concern. He's not even a plus def- defender. He covers more space. He's 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 a snuggle bunny. I don't. I don't. Shane I, Robinson can play center field. I think Giancarlo is a better outfielder than. And, and you're not. You're not wrong, man. And 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 that's where it's at. But you're right. I mean, and dude, we. Hey, and this this is. Can like, I? Can we? What? Where are you going right now? We're about to go to Greg Bird not being in the lineup. All right, let's stay on Shane Robinson and talk about that at bat. Our hero at bat. Oh my! Because I I think people aren't realizing that that was a bad at bat, Uh, and and it's funny that it helped. But I saw a lot of people like seriously say fantastic at bat. Uh, Hembry threw nothing but balls. He threw one pitch down the middle that you should have bunted because that was your job, and you bunted it foul. Then he throws three at your head, and you accidentally foul one off so now you're in a two strike hole and then you just took two more like absolutely terrible pitches where to bunt again he was gonna bunt with two strikes yeah i know and i it's hilarious and it was like it galvanized the team because it was so funny that he worked a walk it wasn't a good at bat the dude fucked up he fouled two bunts away and then just took some balls that were the most obvious balls i don't really care it was funny and shit but don't tell me that was a seriously good at bat I wouldn't say seriously good, but he got a base. Like, don't get mad at him. No, that. I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at the people who I was, like, making fun of it. And they're like, are you really going to make fun of the dude who had the best at-bat of the night? I'm like, what? Well, uh, so, yeah, it wasn't the best at-bat of the night. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is Boston blinked. They put in Embry, who was the guy that they I, – I watched the game with some Boston fans tonight. They don't believe in Embry. If you're a Yankees fan and you see Embry in – you're thinking we can do something here. Um, Boston blinked. Shane Robinson was looking to sacrifice an out. His going for his second sacrifice bunt of the game. We're in the year. We're in analytics and all of this. Shane Robinson going for his second sacrifice bunt of the game. And guess what? It gets to a 3-2 count and they walk him. And that's a little, if you want to snip it to show people who don't want to like baseball, show them that. Because that's that was pretty wild. But Boston blinked, and the Yankees took advantage of it. And it was great, and they should have. And then it just, TFA, man, things fall apart. But Things fall apart. If we're, uh, let, we'll finish the lineup spiel because we're already here. Um, the Cardinals aren't a good team this year. They're like a 500 team. They might be able to get back into the wild card race. Luke Voigt was in their AAA, 27 years old, and we bring him up. We trade for him, bring him up onto our team to get him into Yankees socks. What? 
I'm sorry, man. And so you started this with the, like, it's not just Boone making the lineups. It's Cashman. It's an analytic team. It is what it is. I'll tell you what, the nerds, the nerds got this one wrong. Because how else do you explain, explain Luke Voigt doing this? Dude, it's, be- it's stupid. Play the guys who are our starters. This is this is another creeping doubt thought process I had, Jake, the other day. I was looking at the 2009 team, and granted, injuries will help this, but it was a solid team from start to finish. Ramiro Pena was the bench guy. The fourth outfielder was the fourth outfielder. I forget who it was. I can't think right now. Um, it was Melky and Gardner. They rotated. with with um, Matsui was the DH, Melky, Gardner, Swisher, and Damon. And that was the team, man. Like that, like I, injuries happen and all this. But what's our? There's so much moving around just for moving sake. I feel like, and it's just like doing too much. And now, if you if you knew you were going to try and move Drury, then why did we ever send Toe down? Why are we doing so much with our fringe players and like then playing them? If you're going to, like, Shane Robinson should be up right now because we're going to DFA him and it comes down to Shane Robinson. But Shane Robinson shouldn't be starting. And I'm not saying, like, this is actually a terrible thing or this is really killing the club at all because we still have the third best record in baseball. It was second before tonight. Still a very good team on the season, just not right now. But do do you get a sense of that? Like, there's just too much movement for movement's sake, and and then they're putting them in the lineup. Yeah, I I agree with you, but it's also, I mean, the counter argument to that, and I I talked about it a little bit with last year's Dodgers team a lot, is that it's it's a lot of player rest and it's a lot of matching up against lefties or righties and making it trying to make that matchup more difficult and you can hide behind that whether David Price's numbers are worse against right-handed batters and things like that. Um, I do think you're right. I think there's a part of connectivity or whatever you want to call it of throwing that lineup out here and here's our guys and they're going to beat you. Like an off day used to be a thing. Yeah. like, oh, this is an off day. Now you almost look at the lineup expecting, like, who's out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's not great. And yet the same thing where I I end up backpedaling, like, what what are we saying right now if if Bird picks it or Andujar throws the ball a little farther, you know? Or Chapman doesn't walk everyone. Yeah. So... (laughs) If you didn't watch the end of this one, we just gave you some tips. Where do you stand on that that bird pick and Andy Hart thing? Because what me and David were saying while watching it is, if bird picks that, you're saying, ooh, that was a nice pick by bird. You're saying nice pick, but there's a little bit in everyone's soul that's like, you want your first baseman to pick that. Yeah. <laughs> but but this... I, don't, I don't know if it's the inner infield in everyone. But... Or- it is, but my counter is you. I think it, it was a pickable ball. Obviously, it was in his glove, and most maybe he should have picked it. But I think we're still saying, "Ooh, and a great scoop by Bird." Yeah. If Anduar throws the ball on the fly, you're not saying great throw by Anduar. You're saying nothing because it's a routine play. 
It's like Van Duhar made another throw. Ooh, setting you up for that one, Jim. Um, no, you're absolutely right. He he had the ball, he threw it, and he got weird with it. You almost saw the full thought process. It was the best thing they said on the, the broadcast. I think A-Rod called it. He cocked back like a quarterback. Yeah. He looked like a quarterback throwing a deep ball, and you could almost see the thought process was like, in my head, I saw all the coaches in the past five years that told Miguel Andujar not to throw sidearm. Like Miguel Andujar heard them and was like, whoa, two outs against Boston. I got to make this one. Straight over the top, Eli Manning bounced it. And, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. That's why you, you can't blame Greg Bird. You can say Greg Bird make the pick. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously you want that, and so does Greg Bird. Yeah. But Andujar put Greg Bird in that position. Yeah. Dude, what a fucking brutal blow. Um, on a on a lighter note, okay, on a lighter note, do you want to do awards? Do you want to do some awards? I think so. Right, it's I think it's Sunday. Um, really get us get us going in different directions. All right, we're running long, so we'll be quick. Awards are brought to you by AffordableJerseys.com. AffordableJerseys.com. Go out there and get yourself an oldie player, like someone that's not playing right now. Go get Posada. Go get Jeter. Uh, no names on the back like the players wear them on the field. That's the rub. I mean, not the rub. That's the catch. That's the good part. Less than $100 majestic base jersey from Pennsylvania. Ships from Pennsylvania. No name on the back. Nice jerseys. Okay. Awards. Pride of the Yankees. This is tough. This is both tough because it's like on one side you got few to pick from. On the other side you got fucking millions to pick from. So pride of the Yankees. I'm, I'm taking the easy way out here, Jake. I am taking the easy way out. I'm going Chance Adams. Nice. <laughs> I was thinking I was <laughs> – I – will now delay because I think I need another one. That's why I stole in mind. But tell him why, Jim. I mean, no, the kid made his debut. He looked decent enough. I don't think he does. I, I think he's going to go back. I was surprised he was still on the roster. Um, here's the question about Chance, actually. He made his debut. Good for him. Scouts were split on him last year while he was having a fantastic season. He had like a bone spur removed, so he was poor start to this season coming around. Um uh, does he get another start? I don't think so because J-Hap comes back healthy. Then if uh, Lance Lynn blows it and is terrible, are Lance and Sonny both in the bullpen and Chance gets a start? I don't think that works 40-man rise. If there is another spot start to be had, did Chance just put his name above Sheffield because he did it and proved he could do it? These are the questions I have. What was your reaction when you saw Sonny Gray warming up in the bullpen? Uh, like, um, great. Like, dude, I was so defeated. I, I, I was on Periscope and I said, there is zero chance Holder gets out of this inning. There's just, did you think Holder was going to get out of the inning? No. There was zero chance the Red Sox didn't win in the 10th inning in my mind. I've, I guess I have another Boone thing, but let's, let's save like two minutes and we'll just run through all the Boone stuff like rapid fire. We'll make up a new segment. <laughs> just give him your motherfucker. Just remind that. Oh yeah, maybe we'll do that. All right, who's your pride? No, I didn't. I didn't think Holder was getting out of it. Um, I, Chance Adams, dude. Um, I I was <laughs> basically hung over from the bachelor party, looking for any reason to believe in Chance Adams. 
He's um his his last eleven starts in the minor, three three ERA. Um and I'm a big sometimes people forget what athletes are. And like to get to where the always is to get better, improve and do that. To get and like, say that say that again. Like all these guys to get where they are, it's a grind to get better and like become the best and do the best at what they can do. And Chance Adams was on like kind of a fast track. Like I, I told you because I was buying into the way teams talk about players and stuff, like the Tyler Wade stuff. How much Phoenix love Tyler Wade? I saw a big, I saw a big Chance Adams thirty second video played at Yankee Stadium last year, and I was like, they're in on this dude. Yeah, but I was the opposite because Cashman never said anything good about him. Right. Um, but again, how does that play the same? But so he starts falling off, which a lot of the scouts talked about. I don't know. I guess the, the glimmer of hope here is like, I think he's still 23. Yeah, 23. 23. So if you're 23, you've almost reached Major League Baseball. You're a big time prospect. You're about to reach, get there for the Yankees. And then things fall off a little bit. Like, oh, I guess I'll just go back in my hole and keep throwing five ERA games in AAA. No, you go work on things and you improve things. So I don't know. I, what I saw from Chance Adams was better than what I expected, obviously for the game and situation, but just his general stuff and like what was coming out from him. Um, yeah, man, it, it'll be interesting to see when the next spot start comes up and like, <laughs> you know, does where does Justin Sheffield stand? Where does Luis Sessa stand? When does when do you stop taking chances on young guys, or when do you start giving more young guys more chances? Oh, his name is Chance. Ah, tonight sucks. What was your pride of the Yankees? Oh, God. I think there's only one other guy you can give it to. Um. Uh, I've got one and a half guys I want to give it to. I'll. God, pride of the Yankees is what we're talking about right now, huh? Four-game sweep against us. <laughs> this is a tough show, man. Come on, hurry up. It's, it's fucking 2 a.m. in Bo I'm in Boston. I'm going to give it to Tanaka. All Fuck right. It. He pitched a game. We said coming into the series, like, as our doomsday, like, whoa, Tanaka's pitching Sunday. He's been hot lately. He did, he did everything we would have asked. Again, he probably could have gotten another batter, and his line looks a lot better. But also, the play before that was a grounder to Andujar that he fully olayed and just let past him. Dude, that was terrible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tanaka, so, wanted, hey, to, Tanaka wanted to murder the ump. I'm getting angry. How about everyone that wanted Andujar over Todd Frazier last year, and we were telling them, no, Todd Frazier's safe because he's playing pretty solid defense, and he's doing really good OBP things. So why would you do that? Well, you just saw it. But Andujar has been good with his bat. His defense is getting worse. He's, it's, it's becoming a target. Yeah. All right. Um, I thought Giancarlo could have been pride. But let's move on to Ray. Yeah. Let's move on to. We'll, we'll give him a freaking half pride because we, we came into this saying Giancarlo has to be our guy without, without Gary and Judge. Never mind. We haven't mentioned that yet. But, hey, Giancarlo kind of did his thing. And if you were Boston and he was up at the plate, 
He was the only guy that worried you this series. Uh, uh, my my Yankee motherfucker is going to Glaber. Uh, I just just for a guy that's been so fun to watch and has felt like such a big leaguer, like from the get go, like this dude does, does belongs. He's good at everything. He's fun, smiley, complete sad sack. Looked like my dog, who's who is a sad sack dog, uh, and just. Like, still love Glaber. Hoping for the best, but... He's a 21-year-old that's run into adversity for the first time since when? I don't know, since he forgot to bring his glove to a game when he was 12. So? Yeah. So, no hard feelings, Glaber, but you were tough to watch this weekend. There's no hits. Sack fly. One good walk in that ninth inning. Uh, cost a run on a lazy play. Bumped into Didi on a play that if Didi, like, botched a throw because of it, that would have been horrible. But whatever. You're, you're part of the Yankees. Um, you know, just because we've been so negative, I'm going to go middle birds at the nerds because I don't know why Luke Voigt is playing and no one, no one can explain it to me. So I have to assume it's the nerds. Because, you know what, Aaron Boone wasn't watching St. Louis Cardinals triple-A games and saying, wow, that Luke Voigt can play. So I'm putting it on the keys. I don't see, know see, that's- see, that's exactly like that. That's the exactly proves that Boone doesn't make the lineup because Boone has no fucking idea who and what Luke Voigt is. He didn't trade for him. He didn't request him. Like you just said, he didn't watch his AAA games. Why would he just throw him into the Boston series? No, someone told Boone to do that. Oh, Yankee motherfucker is the nerds. Fucking nerds. Because I'll give it to them whenever I can. <laughs> <Nerd>. <laughs> All right. Uh, regular old awards. I have one. I'm only going to say one. Uh, okay. I, I, I thought of it while me and Dave were watching the game, and it's the uh, You're Not Brett Gardner Award. Ooh. Wow. You know what it goes to? No. Shane Robinson. Shane Robinson's a little skinny, white, bald dude who, like, gritty guy. Guarantee he thinks that him and Brett Gardner of the, are of the same elk. Like, look at us, dude. We're two grinders, little white, bald guys, speed, outfielders, grinders. And Brett Gardner's like, dude, I'm in my 10th year on the New York Yankees. I've won a World Series. I've accomplished things. You're Shane Robinson. We're not the same. Shane, you're not Brett Gardner. Get out of my face. It's not your fault. You are who you are, but Boone keeps putting you in my face or whoever's putting you in my face, and I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like Shane Robinson at all. Do you? <laughs> no, but, like, I don't <laughs> – you have dislike for him, and I'm like – If he was on the bench not starting – trying to make his way, and he's getting the call. And even when he's out there, it's like he's putting his best foot forward. Oh, yeah, just swinging as hard as he can at every first pitch he sees. Unless they tell him the sack bunt. Yeah, which they, they did twice. No, I, I just I, I don't hate Shane Robinson. I hate that I'm he's starting for the Yankees. <laughs> you hate having to watch Shane Robinson. Yeah. Kazoo motherfucker. Um I'll go I'll go Yankee M effort to Boone. No, you just gave your Yankee M effort to the to the nerds. Oh yeah. Well, he's a fucking nerd. No. Um He's kinda okay. not a nerd. There's, yeah, you're right. I, I'm not giving anyone an award. It, this is Jakey's new segment. Hey, if you're listening, you've you've never heard this. J- Jakey's new segment. Hey, what do we think about this with Boone? I'm just going to run through it all. 
And you tell me if you're, we'll go through the decisions and you say if this is your yes, like you're mad at Boone or no, you shouldn't be mad at Boone. I'm saying yes and no? Yeah. So we'll, we'll do an example. Like Luke Voigt. Like, no, that's on the nerds, right? That's, we agree. that's on the nerds. That's not on Boone. Pulling CC, game one. I agree with pulling CC. How do I phrase that? Uh, yes, that would be. No, I'm, I mean, I'm not mad at Boone for that. Right. Okay. okay. So, so no, I'm not bad at Boone. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. This segment, we always do this. I always forget how it goes. But no, you're right. CC falls off after 75 pitches or whatever. That was kind of the play. Yeah. Leaving Holder in as long as he did. Mad at that, Boone. That's on. That's on Boone. That's on Boone. Oh, that's the new. That's the new answer. Okay. Um, how about you were kind of fiery about this one? Uh, what about Britain at the end of game one? That was a das on Boone in the moment, but in retrospect, it was, I'm just mad. Needed some work, yeah. one inning, whatever. <laughs> got a little lucky that Britain only had to throw six pitches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, it, all right, dude, before I go to game two, anything else from game one that you thought was a questionable Boone thing? Yeah. Uh, completely throwing Andrew under the bus in the post game. To the to the media, that's on Boone. That's on um, Boone. I'll uh, see. I'm no there. I'm I. I'm I. I think a, a good chunk of it. I think it should have been shared between the two of them. Um, game two. What is what is there? Nothing. I mean, I I think people were getting on Boone for game two, but they had one hit. So, like, that's not on Boone. You got anything on Boone for game two? It wasn't even that bad. It was the best lineup he can give with the players. Like, Voight, Higashioka, and Romine were on the be- – and uh, Robinson were on the bench. So, it's the best lineup he can put out there. They got one hit. Um, Severino to Robinson to Canely. I don't think Boone did a thing wrong in this game. I think the Yankees just supposed, fucking sucked. Supposed to be their team's best pitcher. He's slumping. He put out their best lineup. Nope. Like, nothing you can even think of it Virtual decision. So okay. So game two, that's not, that's not on Boone. Yep. Um. So game three, Adams to Green to Cole. I uh, I mean I don't really have anything there. Shane Robinson's in right field. We don't think that's on Boone. We think that's on the Geeks. Anything from game three? He should have pinch hit for Robinson. Like early in the game. Okay. Well, yeah, he let – I mean, he let Robinson have two at-bats and then pinch hit him, which is a conversation you and I have had. And, again, man, I think that one's on the nerds too probably. Yeah, I don't know. Tough to say. And then today, I mean, <laughs> what do you do, man? Today, Boone – today, game four, Tanaka, he took Tanaka out. He went to – he he went to Robinson, he 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 went to Robertson, he went to Britain, he went to Batances. He handed a four nothing lead to his closer, who's been one of the best closers this year, only blown one or two saves or something like that. What did Boone do wrong in this game? He put together a shitty lineup, but we think that's on the nerds, or at least partially on Boone and the nerds. I don't. I mean, people are so mad at him for game four. Uh, I don't like he handled the bullpen pretty well. Chapman blew a four nothing safe. That is not on Boone. 
Dude, I, I think you made a million-dollar point about the Luke Voigt stuff. Like, if any of you think Aaron Boone has an emotional attachment to Luke Voigt to bat him, what, six-hole against the Red Sox? There's no way Boone's making that decision. After never meeting him <laughs> before? You want me to bat uh, who? What? Who? Yeah, so I, I agree there. I think there was... But, hey, but the, Jay, this is the bigger thing. This is the bigger thing. I was getting there, man. The 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 lackadaisical, laid back, not get up play of the team. And those the only dad maybe on Boone. The only interview quote I heard after the game was he was talking about Chapman. Boone was getting interviewed and asked about Chapman, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he was thrown out there. You know, the ump, the ump missed a couple three two calls, and that kind of is what it is." Hey, man. You might be right. Chapman was getting some calls. He missed a couple calls, too. After this series, why why even address that? Why not just go manager like, we got our asses kicked? Yeah, dude, he doesn't do that. He, he just stays we didn't positive. Deserve. Just, we didn't deserve it. Just stays and, positive. Hey, there's a, you know, if, if you're a boss, you're not supposed to go out drinking with the people that work under you. Because they see you too buddy buddy, and when you got to get that assignment done, it's kind of like, well, what what's going on here? I thought we were buddies. I mean, we're we're kind of past the buddy stage here. Yeah, need need judge back. I think that's we're missing him. Um, pitching, I don't know what's going on. We got Lance Lynn versus the White Sox now. Hopefully, like that's oh yeah, great. Lance Lynn's a hero. That man is a hero. Uh, We've got we've got such an easy month coming up. We're playing the worst teams in baseball. The division, Jake. Ooh, here we go. I mean, what are we? Eight and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. The the, the you, you can't think you're winning the division. Yeah, you, you would you cut it if you cut it within four after August. That's impossible. Oh, dude. The, I mean, listen. The division's going to be, like, no, not one single Red Sox fan is worried about the Yankees at all right now. No, and they won't be until it's, like, if there was three games, like, in mid-September, if that was their lead. I will say this. If you're listening to this podcast, be sure to never, ever, ever recite the words, let's just focus on the wild card. Or we should just focus on the wild card. Because it might be my new biggest pet peeve. Because I don't know what it means. And it gets said to me nonstop. Especially in Instagram. Because I think those people are dumber than Twitter users. So that's just my own bias. But like, let's just focus on the wild card. What do you mean? What does that mean? Should we try to win tomorrow? Because I think all plans lead with us trying to win every game. I hate that cliche saying. Uh, yeah. And that's... They- there's, there's no excuses. It's like the most boring sports term is like focusing on the next game or whatever whatever you want to call it. But literally, what else are you going to do? No, you just got to win tomorrow. Uh, we better better start winning. Oh, dude, we better start winning. Um, this Oakland series is going to be wild now because we're, they're, they're, we're only two and a half ahead of them in the wild card. So that one coming up at the end of September might be wild. Hopefully we uh, start winning some games. Still a pretty good I mean, team. Uh, Romine behind the plate. I, I If you're still saying he's ten times better than Gary defensively, I think you are blissfully ignorant. He can't throw a runner out. And 
he had like a lot of it pass balls. Like, I mean, he just, yeah. he's just the same as Gary back there. A couple big ones. He's the same as Gary back there. A couple ones that would have Gary on the like front of the back page. <laughs> yeah. He, he had some back page pass balls if his name is really? Gary Sanchez. Um, so that's kind of like, but it's still, I still get it every day that, you know, at least he's, be- at least he's 10 times better than Gary. It's like, uh, um, I don't know, man. We need to get healthy. We need our pitchers to come around. Seems like a lot right now, to be honest. It's just it's for we're a good team, but it seems like we're we're at we're banking on a lot. You there's a couple you can hide behind Judge and Gary, which is fair for a second. Is there supposed to be our two of our best players coming in the season? I think I think the bigger thing of that sentiment is not that Judge and Gary are gonna do damage in the lineup. It's that it pushes Glaber and Anduar back to they're the kids at the they're the kids at the bottom and excess and not a lot of pressure because uh, if you think pressure has gotten to their heads, I mean they're Andy Hart made like what like I don't know if they're errors, but last couple games those two guys have defensive miscues for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean think think about just and this is also a beauty of baseball thing while being sad. <laughs> we got a lot of hopes on Lance Lynn right now. Oh yeah, big ugly. I love him. A lot of hopes on Lance Lynn. So I don't know. You just head down, literally, like put some hits together, put some wins together. If not, yeah. Now you're instead of an AL re- AL East race with Boston, you're in a wild card race with Oakland. Ugh. All right. Um. I have news, Jake. I'm starting a newsletter, and it's more for casual Yankee fans than podcast listeners. Although, if you listen to the podcast and want it, you can surely get it because I'm going to write it once a week. So I'll have a sign-up thing. We have a new website coming out tomorrow. Newsletter. This is the worst series to ever drop a, like a, a newsletter on, but I already wrote all the stuff. It's going to have game scores, um, state of the Yankees, because I have like cousins and stuff who are like, What's the state right now? Are Yankee fans happy? Are they mad? And like, so just like after this week, this is how Yankee fans feel. If you walk around your office, you want to fit in. It's panic and scared and a little bit miserable right now. And then it's got three storylines. So I think the three storylines that I wrote, like basically like blog posts, is uh, um, uh, inside pitches, ejections, and bad one liners. Chance Adam makes his debut, and my third storyline I left blank. I guess it would just be like Chapman blows a save. I don't know. But anyway. Everything is dead. Sign your mom and your dad and the people that don't listen to podcasts up for the newsletter. Talking Yanks newsletter. They'll get an email. They're old. They like emails. And it tells them exactly how they should feel about the Yankees. Nice. Sounds good. All right. New website. New shirts, check it all out. If you if you listen to the episode and you're still listening to the very end right now, thank you very much because these miserable series are are hard. Um, it's a good conversation still. Sometimes people like to hear that. It's a good conversation, um, and I and we're not just saying fuck everything. So you know, if if you've listened to this, rate and subscribe. We're, we want to rate and subscribe to you. But the code code word is arugula. Just leave that review. Arugula. Arugula. And, we'll, and that means we're thanking them. I'll add you on Facebook or something. Like if you just leave the review that says arugula, we're Facebook friends. So with the, if you listen to this, 
Thank you. They can go look at all your old dick pics from college. Okay, those aren't on Facebook, but... Oh, sorry. The wall of your house. (laughs) All right. Imagine going to Jake's house and he's just got a wall full of framed dick pics of himself. (laughs) Oh, there's a weird twist. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for listening. Listen, despite it all, despite it all, tell him, Grandma. Go Yankees.